Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. I don't know about you, but this is my favorite time of the year. So if God has done anything for you this, this year... Amen. Just this year alone or this week alone or just yesterday, come on and glorify his name. Amen. (laughs) Praises should be in your lips, in your mouth this morning. We're so, so grateful. 2023 was a year, right? It was special. That's what I say all the time. I'm trying to be... um, electronically inclined to that, you know, I always bring my notebook with all my 25 pages of notes. So we'll see how this works. Amen. First of all, come on and say, welcome back, Pastor. We're so excited you're here. We missed you. We really did. We missed you. But we're grateful that you're here. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We adore you. We extol your name, oh God. We thank you for Um, just loving us so unconditionally, oh God. Thank you that you sent your son to die on our behalf, oh God. Thank you that your son is our mediator, oh God, that stands in front of you, always uh, reminding you that he died for our sins, oh God. I thank you for today. I ask you that you will speak. I thank you, God, that you will just show yourself mighty on behalf of your people today. And I ask you that you will just use me as your vessel, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I say Christmas, right, what pictures come to your mind? And I want to show you a few of the ones that I thought will come, that I know came to my mind when I thought of Christmas. So if the first one, when I say Christmas, does this come to your mind? Yeah? People eating? Laughing. So we did uh, uh, Thanksgiving at our house, right? We had over more than 30 people. So it wasn't just this table. It was every room, everybody. So I love a lot of people. So this is what comes to my mind when I say Christmas. Oh, what about this? Next one. Yeah? Uh, That doesn't come to your mind, but isn't that our reality sometimes? Yeah? We went to um, Marshall's yesterday. Right, and I wanted to buy a pair of shoes and a shirt or something, and I looked at that line that went from the register to the bathroom, and it was like, and it's not a direct line, right? It was all around, plus all the way through the ladies, all the way to the bathroom, and I said to Robert, "Um, there is nothing here that I want right now or that will make me wait 30 to 40 minutes to register. Nothing. I'm not waiting for a ten, to pay for a $10 shirt. This is just, no. So then getting out from the mall was an issue, right? It was almost 20 minutes. And I was a little dizzy, so my Uber driver managed to, I don't know, break every two seconds and do swerving all through the parking lot. So that was my day yesterday. Or maybe your Christmas idea or image is this one. Next one. (laughs) Right? How many of you have taken children to the mall to take a picture and this is what you get? So no children in here? Not none? Okay. So my husband and I 
were um, shared with our kids who Santa really was, right? And my five-year-old Melody took it upon herself to share with her classmates when she was five who, who um, Santa really was. And my husband and I were called to the principal's office because we told them who Santa really was. So when I think of Santa, I'm, I rem I'm reminded that I was called to the principal's office with a kindergarten teacher because we ruined, my child ruined everybody's idea of who Santa was. Or maybe it's this. Next picture. Right? That's my favorite one. Or maybe it's this one. 30 seconds later. Next. Is this 30 seconds later? 30 seconds. Even when your children are 24 and 23, they're still 30 seconds later. Okay? And in some cases, my cat will be playing with the boxes. Or maybe when I say Christmas, this is the picture. Next one, right? A beautiful picture of Jesus in the manger with Joseph, Mary, and beautifully clean and coordinated shepherds, right? This is usually how we think of the story of Christmas. A very sanitized, very clean, very put together, type of story. And so today, as we're thinking about Christmas, my title is This Christmas. I want to challenge you this year to, do, um, to think more deeply about the story of this, of the um, Christmas, of the birth of Jesus. How many of you have heard through the years or through the time, or maybe you have said to yourself, oh, I'm not in the spirit of Christmas, in the Christmas spirit today, this year. Have you said that? Right? Have you heard people that said that too? So I never understood that. Because Christmas is really, truly my favorite. And my husband can tell you, if I could put the, have the tree and the lights all year round, I would. Right? One year I managed to have all my tree, my lights, all the way to February. I was so excited until my husband said, you think it's time? Right? It was drying out. That tree was drying out. But I loved it, I loved it, right? And it's not because I was born the 22nd of December, so it's only three days. It's not because of that. Although, just remember, we're here the 24th. My birthday's the 22nd. Couple of days, don't forget. All right? I had never understood that. I love everything about it. I love, we usually go shopping on the 24th. I love it. Um, we shop through the last two weeks of Christmas. I love the food, I love the smells, I love the gatherings, I loved all the decorations if I could have. Um, I was asking my husband the other day, do you think somebody, I could pay somebody to come and put Christmas lights all on my roof? And then I just only turn them on in December, I promise. So I will have Christmas lights all the time. I love the music, I love all the traditions. But this year, 2023, kind of kicked my butt a little bit, right? It was an year with, I had a lot of transitions, change, um, physically and emotionally and mentally. I was truly exhausted. I'm usually in fumes in December, but when I hear the first song of Christmas, I refuel, right? Not this year. This year was a little different. And then I said that. 
And I was like, I can't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. That I don't have, we're not decorating, I said. We're not having anybody. We're not even buying a tree. I'm not cooking. We're just going to be regular. That lasted about two days, right? But for some, so I started thinking, what is that Christmas spirit that everybody's talking about? And why I'm not feeling? Because sometimes we talk about the Christmas spirit as a feeling, right? It's how I feel. But it's not the message or the reality of what the Christmas spirit is really about. Because if we start thinking about the Christmas spirit and what that means, or the spirit of Christmas, then we will always have it 365 days a year, 12 months out of the year. Because it's not about the songs, it is not about the light, it is not about the, the houses being decorated, it is not about this, whether we're going to have snow or not, and I don't want snow, I was born in Argentina and it's summer right now, and I like it like that, right? This Christmas spirit is about the essence, it's our disposition towards Christmas. And what is Christmas but really a celebration of what Christ is? It's a celebration of his birth. It's an understanding that our posture all year, all year around has to be Christmas. All year around, whether you feel like it or not. Because all year around, we ought to celebrate and remember that Jesus was born for one reason and one reason only to die, resurrect, and reconcile us with the Father. That's the reason. So I was like, okay, I see that I'm not feeling it at the moment. And so I started to say, well, how do I get into the Christmas spirit? So I read an article, and they gave me about 10 things that I should, I should do. And I'm going to share them with you, okay? They say that you should listen to Christmas music, all right? I said, okay. You should fill your home with a sense of Christmas. This one was, uh, you should cut down your to-do list, okay? You should get into the Christmas spirit by asking for help. You should delegate. I delegate decorations, right, honey? <laughs> but then I go behind and I try to start fixing whatever they put, right? So they said, don't do it, delegate. They said, decorate something for 20 minutes, read a Christmas book, watch a Christmas movie, drive around and look at Christmas lights. And I like this one, and I think this specifically for men, okay? It says, get a manicure, paint your nails red, and add glitter to feel more festive. I think y'all should try this. I really think that next Sunday, or the 24, y'all should come with glitter on your nails. But they said that that's how you, <laughs> they said that's how you will get into the Christmas spirit. They say, go for a walk as well. But the last recommendation that they gave is the one that I'm going to focus on today. And they said, read the true Christmas story. And that's what we're going to do. And I want to just bring some principles that I, learned, that I thought of or that God gave me as, we were re as I was reading the Christmas story. At the Reese um, household, we have a tradition. Every uh, 25th, we get up. Um, we read the story that we're going to read today. We sing a hymn, usually Silent Night, Holy Night, or um, Joy to the World. And then we say, um, Happy Birthday, Jesus. We pray, and then we open the gifts. And the blessing is, even now, 
this year with a 24 and a 23, my children will not open a gift unless we do this whole tradition. And it is a moment, what we use is a moment to really center ourselves, to say it's really all about Jesus. And if nothing else today, I want you to leave this house today and to remember that it's really only about Jesus. It is not about anything else that is going to happen in the next 15 days. Everything that we do, every thought that we have, every interaction that we have with each other should lead to one thing and one thing only. It should all lead to the um, worship and to the understanding and to knowing who Christ is. It is our responsibility as vessels of God to bring them, to bring others unto Jesus. Amen. So whatever it is, if your house is not fully clean, I'm going to have people over and I'm going to say, I'm sorry, my house is not fully clean. But guess what? We're going to experience Christ tonight because that's what it is. So sometimes I read the story of Jesus only as a fairy tale, right? It was the night before Christmas. And that's kind of how we do look too sometimes, right? We read the story and say, like, kind of like, it's just a story. Right? And we forget of the context, the historical context, the religious context, the political context in which this took place. Right? So we know if we can start, I'm going to read the whole story. Amen? So be, be patient. First of all, we're going to start in verse um, 4. But remember that um, verse 1, 2, and 3 talk about Augustus, the emperor, he called for, a, um, for everybody to be counted, to go to their own towns and their own families to be counted, for only one reason and one reason only, for taxation purposes, okay? He just wanted for taxation. At that time, if you know, the Roman emperor, they used to, Rome used to be, the empire used to be divided into three regions with three emperors. But this one had consolidated all the power unto himself, right? He had, there was a lot of wars, a lot of killings, a lot of chaos, a lot of um, immorality. This is where Jesus was born. So he wasn't born in this beautiful town full of lights. He was born in a chaotic time with a chaotic, um, with uh, immorality and a king that only wanted was glory for himself. What a difference, right? Here we have Jesus being born so he can give unto others into a time where the king in that time wanted all about, it was all about him. And so here he goes and he says, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was one of the most insignificant and smallest town. The Bible says that it was so small that, and so insignificant that they, they wouldn't even count Bethlehem as part of the clan. So, you know, think about that. The king of kings was born in a town that wasn't even really worth counting. Okay? And he says... Um, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged. Remember, Mary was pregnant, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snuggling strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. 
Suddenly an angel, suddenly, remember that word, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, no, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snuggling strips of cloth laying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in, in the in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And that word means who their own purpose, right? When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So this Christmas, out of this story, I want you to think about five things that we're gonna cover. The first one I want you to ask yourself if there is room in your end. This Christmas, make room in your end. Remember that the story said that they went into the manger into, really he was born in a cave because every door that they were knocking through, um, knocking on, no one had space. Now sometimes we, we, we talk about this story as if it was a surprise to God that they had to go into the manger, right? Every plan and everything related to the birth of Jesus was planned by God. He knew that he wanted him to be born in a manger. But I want to ask you, in other verses, you know, in here it says, nothing, no lodging was available to them. But in other versions it says there was no room for them. Every, think about it. Everyone was returning to their ancestral place. I'm sure there was some planning ahead, but there was no room for him. Mary gave birth by herself in a cave, took strips of cloth, wrapped the baby around. That was the first time that she was going to do that. The second time she was going to do that was at his burial, when he also, she also had to wrap this son on strips of cloth and put him in a cave for his burial, not knowing that three days later he was going to be resurrected. So my question to you is, does he have place in your end, in your circumstances, in your space, in your mind, in your heart? in your celebrations, in your thoughts? Or does he also, when he knocks, he gets and there is no space in my inn? Revelation 3.20, and he's not here, so don't worry. Look, I'm standing at the door, this is Jesus, of your house, your inn. I'm knocking on your door. When you hear my voice, you should open the door 
then I will come in. We will eat a meal together as friends. Jesus wants to commune with us. He's making the effort. Would you open that door for him? So this Christmas, I want you to stop whatever it is that you're doing, whatever plans you have, whatever you're planning, whatever you're thinking, and let him in. Let him into your life, into your presence. Be in his presence, right? And how do you do that? You do that by reading the Bible. Play music, but yeah, play worship music. So your atmosphere will change, right? Uh, serve others. Meditate in the word of God. Don't allow the pageantry and the pomp and circumstances of what Christmas has become to rob you of the most important thing for this season. The most important thing this season is to spend time in communion with your Savior. So the first thing that I want you to remember is this Christmas, make room in your inn for the Savior. The second thing is, the, this Christmas, I want you to be open to the suddenly. Amen? Luke 2, 9 and 13 says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. It wasn't just any radiance. First of all, they were in the field. They didn't have light, okay? So it was at their darkest moment of the night that the radiance of the Lord filled their space. So at your darkest, at your most difficult time, be open to his presence entering. And when God enters your space, all the angels follow with him. All his power comes forth. You know, when, when God comes into Yours, when you allow God to come into your presence, all his power comes. There was a story in the Old Testament that says that uh, one of the servants was concerned because they were being, they were being um, surround, surround, surrounded by soldiers from the opposing camp. And the prophet said to him, let him see. And what he saw at that moment was that the angels of God were more with him that they work with the enemy. So when you allow God to come into your presence, whatever it is that is happening, whatever issue you are having, having whatever, whether it's finances, depression, you lost your job, the power of God is right there for you. You just have to look at it. You have to just allow it to shine upon your circumstance. I love it because then he says, um, uh, they said, but the angel reassured them because see, when you sometimes we do get scared, right? We're afraid. 360 times, 65 times, the Bible says, "Don't be afraid." What does that tell us? That sometimes we're going to be afraid of what's going on around us, but we also have Jesus and the power of God within us, right? Within us. So we ought to know, uh, not that you're not going to afraid, be afraid, but what is your response after the first 60 seconds of you being afraid? Your response should be to turn back unto Jesus, right? And said, Father, you're in control. You're in charge, right? You have not given me a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. Love, um, the love of God will help you overcome that fear. So verse 10 says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
And I love it because sometimes we think that the joy of the Lord is just for certain people. And I love that y'all sang that song to this. But it's for all people. He came for all people. Whether you approve it or not, he came for all. And the joy of the Lord is for all people. Amen? It says that... um, there's a Bible verse that says that humor mourn at night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? It's just a momentary, your sadness or, or whatever you're going through is momentary. It's just for a, mo- a moment, but joy comes and returns. He said it's for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you recognize him by this sign. And then in verse 13, it again says, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. I love it because the shepherds were the outcasts of, of Israel. They weren't the most educated. They weren't the rich people. They weren't the ones that everybody would go for or believe about. God chose the lowest of the lowest to really tell them they were the first ones that heard about the birth of the Savior. He didn't pick the priest. He didn't pick the governors. He picked the least of them to give them the greatest message. And then keep it to themselves, right? They went out. I love it because these, these shepherds were the, really the ones that took care of the lambs and the sheep that were getting ready for sacrifice. How befitting it is that they, they heard of the birth, uh, birth of the Lamb of God, the one that was going to be sacrificed for our sins, first the shepherds. They were taking care of the lambs that were going to be for, sacri- uh, for sacrifice. And God said, those are the ones that I want them to hear. That the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world, has been born. The good news is really the good news of salvation. It's just to say others and for you to remember every day that he came for one reason, just to reconcile us unto them. I love that the glory, the God, the glory of God will surrounded them. But I ask myself, who is surrounding me? What's surrounding me? Am I allowing his glory to surround me? Suddenly means quickly and unexpectedly, right? And I love it because sometimes we, we think that God takes forever, right? But he can change our circumstances suddenly. And that's the amazing thing about it. And he said it twice. And when something in a Bible verse is twice, that means that it's great importance. So I'm here to remind you that the God of the suddenly is working on your behalf. He can change your circumstance in one minute. You just have to be open for it. You know, God loves to interrupt us. I well. I always think that he's, uh, he's great at doing interruptions in our lives to present something different, to change our circumstance. Think of Zachariah, right? He was doing his job in Luke 1, and he suddenly, the angel of the Lord came and appeared. Mary was doing her own thing, and in Luke 1, and then the, the Bible verse says that suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared. And here the shepherds are just tending to, the, um, to their their flock, and suddenly the glory of the Lord appeared for him. So I'm here to tell you that breakthrough is coming for you and yours this season. Healing, restoration, and reconciliation are all 
part of the suddenly of God. He can say one word and change your circumstances. It might seem that he's not doing anything, but I'm here to tell you that he's working it out on the back rooms. He's working it out for you. You might not feel it, but suddenly you're going to see the answer that you've been waiting for. I pray today that you will experience and be open to the suddenly of God. That the God of the suddenly will enter your circumstances, whatever that is. Amen. Whether it's a broken marriage, whereas your finances not together, whether your job is a problem, whether your children seem to be far from God, that he suddenly will remind you of his love. That you remember that this God of the suddenly is not constrained by people, time, or space. So you don't have to worry about that the, 20, the 31st of Je- December is coming. You don't have to worry that the midnight is coming. You don't have to worry that other people are looking to you at you funny because you have this testimony and look what kind of Christian are you when all these bad things are happening to you. You don't have to worry about that. I pray that you will not allow fear to stop you from moving in faith because you suddenly will come as you begin to walk in your faith. Faith is that in between the promise and the manifestation of it. I pray that his presence will surround you from, and that his peace will surpass, that surpasses all understanding will fill you. So this Christmas, I want you to be open for his suddenly. This Christmas, I want you to not, to not miss the sign. Amen? Luke 2.12 says, and you, the angels told the, uh, the, angels told the um, shepherds, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will recognize your king, the king of kings, and the lord of lords, and the prince of peace, by this sign. He is going to be in a manger, wrapped around in pieces of fabric. That's going to be your king. That's your savior. That's your preserver. That's your restorer. That is um, your deliverer. Don't miss it just because you're expecting something different this year. Don't miss God because you're expecting something else. They the shepherds could have missed the king of kings, right? There was no star that was guiding them to where Jesus was. There was no map that said, okay, follow this, and after five um, stables, there he is. They have to have a certain sense of urgency. They have to um, really be seeking him. They have to knock in some doors. They had to talk to some people. They have to wake up some animals until they found their king. And sometimes we're just too lazy to do all that we need to do to truly seek Jesus, right? It becomes inconvenience to us because... I prayed twice already, right? So why would I keep praying for something that didn't come? Maybe your healing is found in forgiving others. So whatever your sign is this year, that God is saying, this is your sign, go for it. God may not answer how or when you expect him, but he will answer. God is specific about details, and I love him because he was so detailed here, right? He told the shepherds exactly how he was going to look, exactly how, where he was going to be. So don't be 
this year don't me don't miss the sign but also don't miss the opportunity to be the sign to others amen I do pray sometimes we miss because we think that we're not good enough right sometimes we miss being that sign because we're like I'm not good at sharing the good news with the world but you are the good news amen you are the sign you are the the billboard that says look at what God can do for you amen I suffered, I, I, I used to have depression, but look what God has done for me. So if you have depression, you can look at me and say, huh, look at how God healed her. And I know that if he, she, if he did it for her, he's gonna do it for me. So people looking at you as the sign, but what are you advertising? Are you advertising, oh, a defeated, Message, or are you advertising the good news of salvation and redemption that God has given us? What are you doing this year? So this Christmas, not only see the sign, don't miss the sign, but be the sign of God. I do pray that the scales of your eyes will be removed, that you will just see Jesus everywhere because that's where he is. That you will see it on your brethren and your sisters, even if they are messing up, Jesus is still there. Amen? That you'll begin to glorify his name, not only for what he's doing in others, but what he's doing in you. Don't just wait until the full manifestation of the promise Um, until you see the full manifestation of the promise. Praise God for every single step that you take. When I was in the, when I I had depression, I had to praise God for, oh wow, I got out of bed today. Amen? Oh wow, I brushed my teeth today. Thank you Jesus. Because last night, I wasn't feeling like it. But tonight, today, I'm around my children. Praise God for every step that you take. This Christmas, I also want you to be the vessel that you are called to be. I love about it. What I love about it is, as a vessel, you carry the good news, but you carry his presence. And I think about the vessels that were part of this story. You have Mary, right? She carried Christ. A teenager, unwed, there are no didn't have much money, but that's who God chose to carry the baby. A manger, which is really where the animals are feeding from, right? They go, they drink water, they eat. And so Mary took this baby and took the bread of life and the living water and put it in the trough, in the manger for us to be fed. And then think about the shepherds. They were also vessels. They were also carrying the good news unto others. There's a Bible verse that I love, which is 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, and, and says, For the God who said, light will shine out of darkness, is the same one who made light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. We hold this treasure in clay jars 
to show that its, that its extraordinary power is from God and not from us. So I brought this because, see, he called us jars of clay, right? The most fragile jars that you could ever have. And while during Jesus' time, they were just common, ordinary jars that if they broke, they were just thrown on the trash because they were of no use anymore. But the amazing thing is that God put, and I do have some treasures here, okay? You all can get it later. You get some coins with some chocolate. <laughs> but the treasure, right? His good news, the presence of God, the love of God, the Holy Spirit is held in these jars of clay, which is us. Yeah. And this jar of clay, I like this one, besides that it's pretty on the outside. And I hope you can see, but it has some beatings, right? There are pieces missing. It's been hit a couple of times. It's been cracked a little bit. But God doesn't dispose of us if we're not perfect. Amen? We've been hit a couple of times. We've been beat a couple of times. We've been rejected a few times. There's some cracks in us, right? There's some hurt, there's some wounds. But yet God chose that to hold his treasure, his light, because he knew that if you see my cracks, you see my pain, and then I'm reflecting Christ, wouldn't you want that treasure as well? If the treasure that I'm carrying is more valuable than my outside, wouldn't you want that? Amen. I was, I don't, there's a game that we always play in Christmas that I hate. I'm sorry, hate is a strong word, but I do. <laughs> and I know we're going to play it in women's, <laughs> in the women's <laughs> probably. <laughs> I should not have said that. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> It's the white elephant game. I hate it. I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rebecca. <laughs> I promise I'll bring the gifts. <laughs> but it's so opposite of what God is all about, right? Because in the white elephant, if you don't know about it, I will let you know. Is everybody brings a gift, right? And then you pick a gift. But then the next person will say, oh, no, I want her gift, right? And then you, another person gets a gift, and then the other person says, oh, I'll switch my gift for your gift. But you didn't want their gift because you already have picked your own gift, right? And so it goes on and goes on, and I hate it. But <laughs> because, if, you know, if you're the one that brought that gift that nobody wants, wouldn't you feel like, what's wrong with my gift, right? <laughs> Like, and I'm very sensitive. Y'all think that I'm not, but I really am very sensitive. So I'm looking around to see who got my gift. And then I start counting how many times he has been transferred. Right? And then I'm like, I'm going to get my own gift because y'all didn't like my gift. But what do we pick, right? We, like, everybody goes for the biggest, the better. And you, you think that inside that big box, um, okay, I'm not Christian all the time, all right? <laughs> But I've seen in some circumstances, right, where they, they have that big box, 
right? And then people are like all excited and they're exchanging these big bucks and going all around and it's been passed 50, 50 million times and there's this little gift hanging right there that nobody's picking up, right? I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be Christian, but then they open that big gift and it's a box inside that gift, and there's another box inside that gift, and I get the biggest kick out of it, because I feel like, I feel like saying, that's what you get for not picking my gift, right? But you think that inside that big box with a beautiful wrapping, you're gonna have the best gift ever, right? And you end up with some kind of silly thing. But you wouldn't pick this jar of clay, because it's broken, it's kicked, it's like, what's the big deal? It has scratches in there. But the biggest treasure is in the jar of clay. I was 15, on my sweet 15, and this uh, family gave me, well, this is how immature I am sometimes, or I was. They, everybody brought me this beautiful gift, big gift, and I was so excited. And this one friend of mine brought me this little box, right? I was 15, so I was immature. So I looked at it, I was like, Oh, thank you. And I put it on top of a fireplace, and I forgot about it. Because who brings me that little tiny gift on my birthday? Huh? I am. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I feel bad. I still feel bad. Like 40 plus, almost 40 years later, I still feel bad about it. But what I didn't realize that that little box was a very expensive perfume. So I devalued the gift because I didn't understand the value of that gift. I went for these silly things on the big boxes, but sometimes we devalue the gift that God has given us because we don't understand the value of it. And you carry that gift in you. Amen, so now, I love you all. Don't judge me, because the Lord says that you cannot judge me. I've learned how to, um, I learned how to value all gifts now, so whatever you give me is gonna be valued. <laughs> I hear a lot about, what I, uh, I was thinking about this, what God calls us jars of clay, right? And means, is more concerned about the gift that's inside than the outside. And I was thinking how different is our perception this year, this, this, this time in this season, right? We all want to talk about, oh, what's your brand? What's your brand? Are you building your brand? How many followers you have? How many channels in social media do you have? How often, what's your brand? Our brand should always be Jesus. See, when you're talking about what's your brand, is how you can make yourself bigger and better, right? Whether it's true or not. Look how look good. I learned how to take a picture and not show my double chin. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are doing that, okay? We want to be influencers. We want to have thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers. But all Jesus wants is that you be the vessel that carries this, his treasure. And your brand should always be Jesus. Your followers, you shouldn't have any. You should lead people to follow Jesus. Amen. Amen.
you should have no influence other you should have no influence other than leading people to Jesus. You should have no more likes than what Jesus has done in your life. The vessel does not call attention to itself, but instead to what is holding. So this Christmas, be the vessel that God wants you to be. Luke 2, 17, 18, 19, and 20. I told you we were going to do the whole story. It says, that this Christmas, my last thing. So we know that this Christmas, I want you to have room in your end. This Christmas, I want you to don't miss the sign and also be the sign. This Christmas, I want you to be open to the suddenly of God. And this Christmas, I want you to be the vessel that he has called you to be. And the last thing I'm going to say and said is that this Christmas, tell others about the Savior. Luke 2, 17, 18, and 19, and I love that. Because there are two responses when you, when you encounter God, when you encounter Christ, when you're in his presence. And they're both found in these Bible verses. One, you can be the shepherds that go out and tell the world that you saw the king of kings in the manger and call others to go and see him as well. Or you can also, and you, and you can also be Mary. And Mary said, kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. So this Christmas, when you think about Christ and Jesus and all that he has done for you, I want you to do two things. I want you to praise I want you to tell, and I want you to ponder those things in your heart. Because when you start thinking about what he has done in 2023, what he has done in 2022, we came out of a, uh, of a, of a pandemic in 2021. When you start thinking that you're here sitting at this chair, listening to this little girl from Argentina that had no business being in this country based on her background, Listening not to her, but listening to what God has given her. There's nothing else, and not because of me, not because of you, but because who he is. There is nothing else but to start glorifying his name. You should go into praise immediately when you begin to think what he has done. And there are a couple of things I want you to think and tell others about that unto us a child is given. A child is born, and to us a son is given. That means the humanity of Christ began that day, but he was always the son of God. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His way of leading us, his way of ruling is different to that of this world. He came as a servant. He came to give. We don't experience that type of government. And he says, and there will be, this will be his original titles, another Bible verse, said, and he will be called. And that means that his name, his characteristics, who he is are the following. Wonderful, full of wonder, 
When you think about Jesus, you should feel full of wonder that this amazing God, infinite creator of heaven and earth, came to earth, lived in earth, suffered like we have suffered, was rejected like we are going to be, like we are rejected, suffered pain, loss, just like we did, died on our behalf. This God, this God, full of wonder. Counselor, there's nobody else that can counsel you any better than the Creator Himself. Mighty God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Mighty God, the everlasting Father. That means this. I don't know about your dad. I didn't know my biological dad. I had an amazing uh, adopted dad. But even though my, my father was great, this father is everlasting, has no beginning, has no end, is the author and finisher. He knows the in-between, and he will never reject you. He will never forget you. He will never forsake you. Your dad will make a lot of mistakes, but this God, this father, has no mistake ever made. And finally, he's the Prince of Peace. It doesn't mean that you're not going to um, suffer. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be chaos in your life. But the peace that he's given us surpasses all understanding. Because it's all about who do we trust. Do we trust me or do we trust God? And the Prince of Peace, I pray that he will just permeate in your, in your circumstance. And what are we going to tell others by Luke 4.18? That he came for the following. Can we put it out there? Thank you. He came. He was anointed. means that he was chosen. Amen? Amen? To preach the good news to the poor. He came to give you life and give you more abundantly. He came so you won't have, will lack anything. We think we lack because we want what we want. But he said that all your needs will be taken care of. He came to announce the release, the pardon, the forgiveness of the captives. We were captives of, the sin, of sin. We were captives. We were slaves of sin. He came to give us freedom. He came to release, he says, to free those who are oppressed. You are free. Not because you feel free, but because you are. And you're free because God, Christ came to give you freedom. To proclaim, he said that he came to give vision to the blind. To set us free. To forgive us. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To give us salvation. And most important... And we overuse this Bible verse. But it's really the gospel. And I need to finish with that. John 3, 16 and 17. Because we like 16, but 17 is important. Amen? Yes. God loved the world so much. And another Bible version says that he loved the people so much. That he gave his only son so that everyone. Remember how he came, the good news for all? So everyone who believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. 
God sent his son into the world. He did not send him to judge the world. Guilty. How many of you, some, how many of us sometimes judge him guilty? But to save the world through him. Our response should always be to tell others through our words, our love, our actions about Jesus, about his love, his promises, his restoration, his healing power, his work in us, through us, and with us. And we should always draw others to his presence. So to, uh, for us, the spirit of Christmas has nothing to do with what's happening from now until the 25th. It has everything to do with celebrating Christ every day in our lives. We are just his vessels of glory. I want you to stand up today. I pray that you got something, and at least you remember those five things. When I pray for those, if you can close your eyes, if you never met this amazing Christ that came as a baby, lived, died, and was crucified and resurrected on the third day, I want to invite you to consider coming to the full knowledge of who he is, to accept him in your heart, to become that jar of clay that will carry this, this um, treasure. So I'm praying for the, those of you that are online, and I invite you to come here in person and for those here. So if you never made that decision, take today to make it. So Father, we thank you. We are sinners. We thank you that you send your son to die on our behalf, oh God and that you have forgiven us, that you love us so unconditionally. So today, God, we give a lot. You said that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are Christ, that we will be saved and have eternal life. So we do that today. I want to pray for those as well, that if you have strayed away from his presence, almost like the prodigal son, in the story of the prodigal son, the father was always looking to see if the son was coming back. He never stopped looking, right? He would always look, is he coming, is he coming? And the minute he saw his son from afar, he ran to embrace him. And part of the reason was because in their culture, he should have, if people, the elders of the, the elders got to that prodigal son before the father, he had to live certain consequences. So if you, th if you have strayed away, Jesus is waiting for you. His arms are open wide, and he wants to embrace you. So I invite you to return unto him. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.